The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. This is the Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMED and 99.3 KCMD. Well, about quarter after seven, Friday the 2nd. A little bit of drizzle here by the airport and uh, the the news is drizzling out of the upcoming short session and you know I got I got to tell you uh, when Republicans are signing on to gun bills or trying oh we're going to help stop suicide you're going to say stop it stop it you morons I, I think that's uh, the one thing any any Republican doing any gun bill right now or signed on to any gun bill is a moron Kevin Starrett is here to explain why any Republican doing this is a moron right now. And I'm glad to have you back on, Kevin Starrett, Oregon Firearms Federation. And the news is leaking out about what is going on, what bills that are going to be dropped next week in the, in the session. Right, Kevin? That's correct. Tell us about them, please. Well, uh, okay, so there's a couple of bills. I mean, the reason Republicans are, a moron, are morons for signing on to bills at, at really at, at all is because no bills will move through the Salem legislature unless the Democrats want them to move through. So there are bills that the Republicans will put their names on and sponsor, and if they are good bills, they will not move at all. But if they can potentially be gotten stuffed, then they will have their names on bills that the Democrats ultimately will want and promote. So either the choices are to have a bill that will be that will be gotten stuffed and turn into a bad bill, sign on to a good bill that will never see the light of day, or just basically do the Democrats' bidding. And if you are on a bill that has a bunch of Democrat co-sponsors, it's going to be bad. I mean, it's the chances of it being a positive bill are almost zero. So what is the point? You are not going to you're not going to advance your agenda. And so in this case, what we have, we have a bill that a number of Republicans and plus Brian Boquist, who's now an independent, have sponsored. And this bill is is so clearly ripe for abuse. In fact, it, there's unav- it's unavoidable that it will be abused and it's pos- probably not even lawful. So remember, at one time. It was legal for an Oregon resident to transfer a firearm to another Oregon resident as long as that person was not a prohibited person, meaning a felon or something like that. Well, the geniuses in the Oregon legislature, of course, made that illegal now. So now a person who maybe thinks, oh, it would be good if I didn't have guns around the house for whatever reason, either for their own mental state or because maybe they will have people staying in their home who shouldn't be around firearms – those people can no longer leave those guns with a trusted friend or neighbor. So that has become illegal now. So now what this bill purports to do, sponsored by Boquist... Oh, and, by, by the way, I'd know. say it may be illegal, but I can assure you it's still being done. Well, I mean, I hope it's being done, but it does, it does expose people who are doing the right thing to criminal liability. So now what they've dreamed up is a bill that allows you to enter into a – allows a person – and this is – if you look at the bill, all it talks about is suicide. So it's clear that it is addressing people who they think may be potentially self-destructive. This is House Bill – four. is this House Bill 4096, the one you're talking that about? That is correct. Okay. House Bill 4096 that allows people to enter into a contract, essentially an agreement with a gun dealer – 
to leave their guns with the gun dealer for a specified amount of time, at which point they can get their guns back. Now, any gun dealer who has someone come to them and say, please hold on to these guns. They're not being brought there for gunsmithing. They're not being brought there for cleaning. They're being brought there to be held. The obvious implication, based on the entire language of the bill, is that the person bringing them is fearful that they may harm themselves. Okay. Now, what gun deal, first of all, what gun dealer would really want to take that responsibility? Well, I would wonder what gun dealer would want to have to uh, potentially be on the hook for something if they give their guns back to someone and then they do something well, bad. precisely. That's precisely it. Now, the bill gives this lip service to providing immunity if, if a gun dealer returns the guns. But, but it clearly, there's such a big carve out in it. So it says that, well, you have immunity for returning the guns unless you know or should have known that the person was a threat to themselves or others. Now, if I come to Bill Meyer's gun store and I say, Bill, will you hold my guns because I think I may kill myself? I've already announced that I'm potentially suicidal. That's right. Now you've been given the word, right, that I'm potentially suicidal. Mm -hmm. And if you give those guns back, I can assure you that the far-left anti-gun Oregon trial lawyers are going to have a field day prosecuting whatever gun dealers are left after Measure 114 goes into effect, which will probably be none. But on top of that, nobody can really explain how you can give the guns back because the person who brought the guns there would require a background check because the guns would have to, and I've, I've discussed this with a couple of gun dealers, if I bring my gun in to be repaired, it can be returned to me without a background check. But if they stored it, now it has to be entered into the dealer's bound book. Yeah, it's it's into the inventory, and then they have to do, there's the background check to get it back, right, in that case. Okay, now, given given our governor's blind hatred for gun owners, and given the Democrat, the ruling Democrat's blind hatred for gun owners, what do you suppose the directors are going to be to the Oregon State Police, who already delay countless transfers for no reason when they're given the, the 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 task of returning a gun to someone who's declared that they're potentially self-destructive you know it's absolute insanity on top of that the bill turns over the task of creating material about gun suicides to guess who the oregon, oregon health, health authority. authority all right mm. right or totally proven dishonest lackeys for the Democrat junta. And now we have another bill that's going to give them $400,000 to create a task force of anti-gun activists to study gun violence. Now, you take a guy like Brian Boquist, who, you know, utterly incomprehensible. He does this. He's been doing this now year after year, introducing these anti-gun bills. I should, I have to point out, you know, Senator Boquist sent us $1,000 to help fight Measure 114. So this kind of thing is it's becoming totally schizophrenic. You know, there's just no understanding this. And, of course, Representative Anna Scharf is on this bill. Representative Charlie Conrad's on this bill. That's no surprise. Charlie Conrad is a Democrat pretending to be a Republican who's supported gun control in the past. Representative Court Boyce is a sponsor, although he's indicated he's taking his name off, which we're pleased to hear, but it certainly would have been nice if he read the bill in the first place. Who among these people, knowing what they know, aside from all the other elements of the bill, want to give more power 
to the Oregon Health Authority, which has probably got the biggest budget of any agency in the state and is unquestionably the propaganda arm of the Democrats. And and look at even the, the way they've been doing grant stream funding for uh, well, even the uh, fentanyl problem that we've had in here. I mean, you saw the uh, article in the Rogue Valley Times and other places with uh, with uh, Stab and Wagon, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, that that group, that group got a million and a half dollars. One and a half million dollars from OHA. Right. We see this all the time. And this is why we're going to see with Measure 110, the Democrats are, are pretending that they're going to address this issue or they're going to make it. They're going to they're going to make the crime, I guess, a classy misdemeanor or something. But what they're not going to do is they're not going to stop funding these nonprofits that are sucking up these millions of dollars and doing nothing because that's their buddies. Those are the people who, during campaign season, make a $10,000 donation to a Democrat candidate and get returned with a million-dollar donation of taxpayer money. These people are on. There's a constant grift going on here, and it's not going to change. Measure 110 is not going to be reversed unless it's done by ballot measure because it's just too damn profitable. I had a feeling there was just too many people in on the grift here. And and when Absolutely. I hear uh, Senator Golden uh, talk, well, you know, we just need to modify this and that and the other. No, you're not being serious as far as I'm concerned. It was a bad well, bill they're, to start they're, with. They're, mm-hmm. they're acting on self-interest. And, and in this case, you know, this is really comical to me. The, the average, the, the, the perfect demographic for suicide or the most common demographic for suicide in Oregon is an older white rural male typically a blue-collar guy. Now, do you look at the sponsors of this bill, the people like, you know, Michael Dembro and, and, and Gamba and Evans? These far-left activists hate older white blue-collar men. They despise these people. because These people are rubes and hillbillies and knuckle-draggers. They don't care if they take themselves out. They really don't of care about that. This is, you know, but this... you see, you, you leverage this kind of legislation to be able to make it that much more onerous or difficult to, exi- to have a Second Amendment right in the state of Oregon. And, and That's exactly. what it's about. And then, of course, you know, the, 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 the whole thing here is, well, you know, if a person, suicide is such an impulsive act, right? But if a person didn't have a firearm available to them, they may not commit it. But it also requires that this, the person who's capable of this impulsive act be capable of knowing months ahead of time that they may act impulsively. And on top of all of that, the bill, which if you read it, is a horrible piece of legislation, which really, I mean, clearly makes no sense. And as I said, very possibly is, is not even legal. That's just in its current form. What happens once it starts getting amended or if it goes into effect and then the the language in this bill becomes more and more restrictive? And in fact, the the reality is, is that most of the people who are sponsors of this bill, you know, the Democrats and certainly Charlie Conrad, you know, the supposed Republican, would be more than happy to see Measure 114 go into effect, which means there won't be any gun dealers anyway. So, you know, I've spoken to people who are philosophically totally aligned with me who think, oh, this suicide's a real problem. But you know what's never addressed? You know, a couple of years ago, I was asked to be on this, this group of people who were going to deal with gun-related suicide. Mm-hmm. And I, I started by saying, look, be very careful that you don't get hijacked by anti-gun radicals. And they insisted that absolutely not. They were pro-gun. They just wanted to address suicide. Well, of course, they were hijacked by anti-gun radicals. But the, the, everything in all of these discussions, in all of these bills, all they talk about is how we're going to take people, the 
people's guns away, and that's going to solve the problem because, of course, there's no other way to kill yourself. But never, ever, ever do they talk about why people are doing this, why the average suicide victim in this state, who, as I said, is an older white rural male, feels the need to do this. What is going on? Why don't we address that? Now, all we want to do is add one more reason to take away people's firearms. And in this case, you know, for a lot of people, the possession of a firearm might be the one thing that gives them some some sense of security. Now, I am all for people who believe that they're potentially self-destructive to have the ability to get guns out of their possession. In fact, on several occasions, I have taken, I have been given people's firearms. This is when it was legal because they felt they were self-destructive, and I safeguarded them until they felt healthy and safe. Okay. Honorable thing to do. Comfortable. Yeah. See, that, well, see, that's, see, that's what friends and family do for one another, uh, Kevin. That's exactly. what people do. But so so the, this, this whole thing presupposes that a person who would be uncomfortable having this conversation with a close friend or family member would be comfortable going into a gun dealer they barely know and saying, hey, I'm suicidal. Will you hold on to these for me? At which point the gun dealer would have to say, uh, I don't really want this responsibility because if I give them back, Oregon's trial lawyers are going to destroy me. But you see, that would be considered uh, not a bug. That would be a feature. Of course. Of course. And the fact that the people like Scharf and, and, and Boquist can't see this, can't see. And, you know, the thing is, well, you know, there seems to be a real lack of imagination on how something that they may have the best of intentions in will be twisted by the Democrats in the state legislature and gutted well, and, and I mean, gutted and stuffed. It's like, it, it really course. is a lack of imagination, isn't it? And being able to connect well, a dot I, from A to B to C to D. I cannot explain it at all. I mean, you, you know, there some some legislators, you can say, OK, they just haven't been around long enough to figure this out, although I don't think this is the place for on-the-job training. But, you know, Senator Boquist puts out a weekly email newsletter, which is pretty damn cogent stuff. He's, he seems to really recognize who the problem is, you know, what what the left is doing and how destructive they are. And then to become a sponsor of something like this, which just hands them another enormous gift, you know, and, and I, well, I, another hammer to with which to uh, nail his constituents. Precisely. You know, I, I, I have I've had communication, you know, obviously he and I are not running buddies, right, because he was the person who created the red flag law. He's been very insulting to gun owners. On the other hand, he's been very supportive of pro-gun stuff. But, you know, in the past, he's had this his explanation for some of this stuff was, well, you know what? A constituent asked me for this bill and they have a right to ask for it. It's like, well, they have a right to ask for it, but you don't have an obligation to do their work for them. So I can honestly say I just do not understand it. I mean, I understand, you know, Boquist has a motivation because his son, his stepson committed suicide. But but that is not an explanation for really bad policy and policy that's counterproductive. How about we start addressing the causes of this problem and see if we can't do something about it? I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to cure suicide. It's not a new a new phenomenon. But there's a reason why, you know, I mean, you take the average rural white male in Oregon, he's probably had his livelihood taken away by the policies that the liberals implement. And for people like that, often that is important to their identity and their sense of self-worth. But we don't really care about that. We don't care about people who step in front of trains or hang themselves. We don't really care that people kill themselves. We just want to find another excuse to demonize firearms. Mm -hmm. And in this case, 
What we want to do is give a big pile of money to the Oregon Health Authority to create anti-gun suicide literature, which will then be handed out at gun stores and essentially normalize the idea that the fundamental problem is not people's sense of despair, but their possession of firearms. Fair enough. I appreciate you bringing us uh, to the attention of this uh, this evil bill. And that's, uh, by the way, this this one we're talking about is Senate Bill 1503. The other one uh, was HB 4096, and uh, you were talking about that the other day. Could well, you... No, but no, no, 4096 has, that's the one that gives the authority to OHA oh. to create all this material about gun-related suicide. Oh, and okay. To police all right. And, gun stores. Mm-hmm. And, and these are people who, sh- these are propagandists. These are not, and, and if you're going to create literature, how about distributing that to, to car dealers and drug stores? How about we address all the ways that people can kill themselves and try to determine what we can do to prevent that? I mean, this is ridiculous in a state that glorifies suicide. You know what? Well, and also at the same time, as like I said, a million and a half dollars going to the harm reduction here in Southern Oregon, in which we uh, just make it uh, safe for people to shoot up and well, kill we, themselves. We, you know. Armor does, it'll, why don't we just identify the alcoholics and bring them a case of vodka? You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing is absolutely insane. And it, there's no question what this is about. The question is, we are going to destroy. I mean, just look at what they're doing to the new house rep, Dwayne Yonker. Now, here's a guy who said, I don't want kids exposed to perverts. And, 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 and so, the, you know, the Portland media, you know, all of these. Uh, yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, Dwayne Yonker is a hero. For having said what he did, but of course he's not going to, he's not painted that way by the uh, cartel media. That's for sure. No, no. What happens now is we get, we get press releases from lesbians like Kate Lieber, the Senate majority leader saying he's, he's, he's promoting harm. We get these sound bites from these, these people who are the, you know, these quote LGBT activists, these cross-dressers are saying, uh, you know, trans, trans kids are going to kill themselves now. And he says, okay, you know, God bless him. He spoke the truth, but this is what this whole game is. It's about crushing and destroying anything that's normal and healthy. And now our people are climbing on, well, our people, Republicans or pseudo Republicans like Conrad are climbing on board with it. And it, it just absolutely has to stop or or the state is finished. All right. I appreciate you uh, bringing us awareness of this because I wouldn't have known if you, you hadn't let us know. OK. And uh, House Bill 4096, Senate Bill 1503. Is there any action that can be taken at this early part of the game? I mean, we're not even in the session at this point. Well, you know, I mean, what I did, uh, you know, on the alert yesterday, they went out, which is on our website. And, and some people may be having, you know, are they the. The service that we use to send out alerts just had to make some changes. So some of our alerts may be getting filtered to people's junk now, so they should be looking for that. But I gave the contact information for the, quote, Republicans who are sponsors of this bill. People need to contact them. And, you know, apparently people have been because, as I said, Court Voice has contacted people, including me, and saying he made a mistake and is taking his name off the bill. Good. In, the, in the past, Anna Scharf has taken her name off of bills. You know, the Democrats rule, but the Republicans need to hear from people. All right. Very good. Kevin, we'll just uh, direct everyone, OregonFirearms.org, the website, go to alerts. You'll read all up. I'll post them anyway also on my show blog this morning when I uh, get off the air about this too, all right? Kevin, appreciate the, uh, the update, and uh, I wish that were better news out of that, but people need to know, and Republicans, and, and you know, Republicans can't, also cannot introduce anything involving, with a relating clause involving firearms, because a lot of people don't realize that all that means is that the Democrats will take your bill 
Let's say they decide it, and they'll just use it as a placeholder to gut and stuff it into something even more evil. That's the bottom line. That's the way the game works. Yeah, how, right? can, how can these people not know that? You know, I don't know. It's like don't even, don't even give them the hammer, okay? Kevin, thanks so much. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Okay, a lot going on. Thank you, Bill. All Take right, care. it's a seven thirty three at KMED KCMD. This is the Bill Meyer Show. Stay updated on recreational opportunities all over our region with the Outdoor Report. Every Friday morning, just past 7 a.m. on the Bill Meyer Show. The Outdoor Report on KMED and KCMD is powered by Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, driven by Linex. Off Vilas Road on Airway Drive. The guys at Fontana Roofing are stoked about the expansion of their metal roofing division. Well, at least most of them. Ain't gonna lie, with a major investment in a second metal roofing manufacturing machine, Fontana is now a full-blown, serious metal roofing company. Very true. We weren't dabbling in it to begin with, but with five different panel profiles and 27 color coatings, we can produce a roof in just about any application. But how does this purchase... Plus, we now have a machine dedicated for pickup and delivery of roof packages for contractors and do-it-yourselfers, and another mobile one where we produce and install on-site. Yeah, that's uh, great, but how does this affect my plans for your company party with a famous metal band that's history how about a pizza party maybe you rent steel magnolias Eh, let me check the budget stay tuned to hear if the team gets a pizza party or settles for donuts and coffee either way fontana roofing has the capacity for your next metal roofing project visit fontanaroofingservices.com Sweetwater Sanitation are your experts in the sanitation business. With over 20 years of providing septic services in Southern Oregon, Sweetwater Sanitation gets the job done the right way. Sweetwater Sanitation can inspect, service, repair, and pump your septic tank so you can focus on enjoying time with friends and family and not a septic disaster. Give them a call at 541-821-1426 or check them out online at swsmodoc.com. Sweetwater Sanitation, their service is the difference. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your MC5 Morning News Update. The civil case in federal court that's been looming over the city of Medford for three years has finally come to an end. U.S. Circuit Court Judge Mark D. Clark ruled in favor of the city of Medford after a civil suit was filed by a group of homeless people led by local attorney Justin Rosas. The complaints from the homeless stem back as far as 2015, but an official court filing didn't happen until May of 2021. They claimed the city ticketed more than 2,400 homeless people in a five-year period and called those numbers and the city's anti-sleeping ordinance excessive. They also claim the city doesn't have enough resources for local homeless. The city pointed to projects like Hope Village, the urban campground, and the purchase of two properties to use as a navigation center for the homeless as things it's done to help the unhoused. The city of Medford said in a statement that it appreciates the court's recognition that the city's multifaceted approach to the homelessness crisis meets all applicable constitutional standards. It's time to gear up for one of Medford's favorite annual events. Registration is officially open for the 2024 Pear Blossom Run. It's time to lace up your sneakers and get to training for either a 5K or a 10-mile run. The race takes place Saturday, April 13th. You can register with the Rogue Valley YMCA in person or rvymca.org. That's a look at your morning headlines for NBC5 News. I'm Marcus Veal. Have a great weekend. 737 Bill Meyer Show.
Jay Austin and Company, Gold and Silver Buyers, great uh, people to get to know right now. 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass. That's by appointment, 1632 Ashland Street in uh, Ashland. And uh, that's just open for walk-in business there, too. But uh, now on fortunereserve.com is their main website, fortunereserve.com. And it's a great time to think about adding to physical gold and silver. I'm uh, bullish on this long term. The just-in-case sort of thing. I I was reading this article, (laughs) the Wharton Business School. The Wharton Business School. When does federal debt reach unsustainable levels? And they're talking about the the search for money and how the, the right the search for taxes and all the rest of it. And so everything's looking okay right now, in spite of the thirty four thirty five trillion dollars in federal debt. But how how soon? They're figuring within fifteen to twenty years on the high end, uh, but the real crisis could hit uh, much much sooner. It's an interesting article. You have to uh, look that up. That's why physical gold and silver is a great idea to uh, tuck away something outside of uh, Big Brother's ability to claw it away from you as a store of wealth. Go to fortunereserve.com, fortunereserve.com. Again, fortunereserve.com. Pick and choose what you want. They can even deliver it right to your door. Jay Austin and Company, Gold and Silver Buyers, Ashland and Grants Bass, fortunereserve.com. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Hi, I'm Mark with Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 739, State Senator, former State Senator, but uh, current Josephine County Commissioner Herman Bearchigger rejoins the show because it's a lot going on that uh, he knows of which he speaks of with the state legislature. Herman, welcome back. Great to have you on. Yeah. I, you know, I just wish we were in some better time. Yeah, me too. But uh, we also have to be honest about where we find ourselves at the moment. Uh, You know, one thing I wanted to uh, touch on first here, the state Supreme Court, I I can't say I'm surprised at what they did, but didn't they essentially, like I had uh, characterized it as earlier this morning, essentially they said that it doesn't matter what Measure 113 says, what the actual law says, it matters what the voter intent of voting for that law was? Is that essentially what happened here? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's called the third level of examination. You know, what was the intent? Um, you know, I, I, I'm i not surprised, Bill, when I got the text right when it came out, my response to the text was, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. No, I said, what a surprise. Yeah. Um, that, that there's, that, listen, they're simply not going, those justices simply are not going to go against the grain, period. And it's just, but let's talk about the law. Let's just talk about what has happened. What has happened 
is you are not allowed to vote for these people. They're not felons. They're not criminals. But you can't vote for them. This is no different. This is no different, just a different way of going about it than removing Trump, as an example, from the ballot. Look, the United States has become a banana republic. You know, if you look at Lady Justice holding the scale, it's tipped now. Mm -hmm. It's just, and people aren't irate about it. I don't care if you're a Democrat or whatever. When the justice system, we no longer have confidence in it, should be a huge alarm going off right now, Bill, for everyone, no matter who you are. I don't care what shade of color you are, what uh, your denomination is. You should be absolutely alarmed by what is going on in this country. And I would certainly agree with you on the criminal justice aspect of it. I had made note of how a uh, uh, skate park shooter here in southern Oregon, I had mentioned this a few days ago, in uh, Central Point, ended up getting three years probation after having uh, shot uh, an assailant several times that uh, went after him in the car. They were part of a drug deal. It was part of a drug deal gone bad, you know, that kind of thing. And he uh, feared... Well, well look, look at the latest one. So... So just this last week, we had a person from our January 6th um, pushed a, a Capitol policeman. Just mm-hmm. got six years. Yeah. And then we then we now let's fly over to New York City. We have some illegal aliens who beat the hell out of some uh, New York City police officers. And they didn't even go to they weren't even put in jail. Yeah. And there's a two tier that that two tier justice system, and I and I have a feeling though that the leftists in Oregon are quite comfortable thinking, well, we're in control of this, and so we have nothing to worry about. I, I, do you think that's kind of the uh, the thought process here? As long as it's our thumb on the scale, everything's okay. You know, we'll uh, reward. I, our- I don't think they've thought that far out. So let's 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 circle back to what has happened to these senators, because as you know, I was part of the. Of the um, the walkout contingent, quorum. yeah, you were the one yeah, that denial I, of quorum. I like to call it denial of quorum. Um, but at that particular time, the Democrats they wanted to fine us a thousand dollars a day. They wanted to take our firstborn child. They want us. To, they sent the state police out to arrest us, Bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this law that passed says. The Senate president or the Speaker of the House determines whether it is a excused absence or not. One person. Yeah, a, a partisan hack, a political, a political person with political, uh, with political drive determines whether their opponents get to run for re-election. That's essentially exactly. it. And there's no appeal process. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's the king is crowned. And I will tell you, some of those people in the in the Senate, those uh, some of those rabid Democrats like Prozansky and and uh, uh, some others, they want. If I always said, if they could have shot me and killed me and got away with it, I'd be dead right now. They are so rabid, and and so now, let me give you an example. When my wife passed away, while I was in the Senate and we were in session. Uh, Peter Courtney said, 
uh, Herman, you take as much time as you want, and your absences are all excused. And I don't care if it's the rest of the session. I don't care. You just do. You just take whatever time you need. Okay, that was Peter Court. Okay. Floyd Przanski? How about he? You know, all he has to say is, well, I'll give you four days to bereave, and then um, anything after that will be unexcused. And so something like that means that you're not going to be able to be reelected. You will not allow exactly. to be vo- – they will not uh, permit people to vote for you. You can't even write in their name. No. They said, you know, come on, Oregonians, wake up. Mm-hmm. Why are you just taking your constitution and putting it in the hands of somebody to rewrite it? You know, I, I just – I oh, I just – you know, it's in our Constitution. The denial of quorum was put in there. So a supermajority can't run the table. Wake up, Oregonian. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just can't believe how I can watch my fellow Oregonians sit on the sideline and give their freedom away day by day, year by year. I'm just absolutely amazed. But, you know, it also comes down to the ability of the left to market an idea, because how do they how did they? And by the way, it was the unions that did 113, right? The it was a oh, un, you it, got to go do your job. Everybody you got to go do your job. OK, uh, by the way, I know. I, by the way, I noticed that uh, all the union people uh, have no problem striking. When there's no, something's they not, don't, no, they go strike and get paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and, and, and I not- and I have to tell you, and and there were Republicans that fell for that canard. You know, coming out of the you need to go. To, well, yeah, if I, I need to do my job if I'm going to get my pay. Uh, oh yeah, they yeah, you're 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 seventeen hundred dollars a month or whatever it was at that time. I it was costing us more. My job, my constituents told me they didn't want cap and trade because it's a tax on energy. And and so my job was to stop it. And I used whatever tool I could to stop it. And we did stop it. That's right. You know, I was doing my job. Mm -hmm. And And that's it. What is your job? Your job is not always to show up and provide quorum in order for the supermajority to kill your constituents. With their plans. My job is to represent the wishes of my constituents mm-hmm. um, at the Oregon legislature. That was what my job was. All right. So and, we'll, we'll set that aside now. Is there any appeal process out of this? Could this actually maybe even go to SCOTUS? You no, it's, it's done. Because mm. it, uh, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to monkey around in that kind of stuff. Um, I just simply don't. Okay. You know? All right. And, you know, what's really, you know, what always saddens me about the Supreme Courts, whether even the federal Supreme Court, I just don't get this. So, Bill, you and I, we could sit down and read the Constitution, what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Doesn't take that why, long. Why, why does it always seem that there's a, a left-hand version and a right-hand version of the Constitution? It's not a very complicated document. And, and I just, I don't understand this, why there could be even a divide on these, on these issues, whether, you know, it, it's not that hard to read the Constitution. Why is there a conservative version and a liberal version? Well, you have to understand is that the liberal version is only about, okay, uh, amend, First Amendment or the uh, Article 1, 
do whatever it takes to obtain power. Our uh, you know, Article 2, break the rules in order to obtain Article 1. <laughs> you know, repeat, yeah. wash, rinse, repeat. That's it. And I think that uh, you have conservatives that, once again, are, are playing like the Washington senators against the Harlem Globetrotters. They don't uh, respect they don't respect the acquisition of power or the opposition's acquisition of power as an ends to a mean, okay? Now, let me uh, shift gears with you before we take off here, Herman. And that has to do with uh, Republicans signing on to gun bills. Kevin was talking about that. Kevin Starrett was talking about that. And I just want to say, stop it, stop it, stop it. I remember when uh, former uh, state rep Lily Morgan was there and you were uh, criticizing signing on to multiple bills all the time. And what is the problem when you have people kind of treating the state legislature and the state Senate as uh, student council? Tell us what happens when you get when you go go down that road. OK, well, you know, on a, you, somebody will come to your office and they'll give you a schmoozy speech over it and. Oh, this, you know, this is pretty good and this and that. And I used to always tell freshmen, I said, don't be the proud parent of an ugly baby. So <laughs> what that means is, is the, you got to remember when these uh, legislative concepts are, are drafted, that doesn't mean that's what it's going to look like. That's going to be the final product. And once you put your name on it, your name is on it. Now, somebody, people will say, well, you can always take your name off later. I will tell you, for the record, in Olus, you your name will always show up. So even with uh, with uh, uh, state representative Court Boyce saying, "Well, I'm going to pull my name off of that House bill, the uh, gun suicide uh, House bill thing," he's still going to be stuck on it. There's going to be a record of him being on it oh. on the original on the original bill. He'll always be uh, the Court Boyce will always be on the original draft in Olus. So. You know, when somebody goes to look it up, they'll see. Even though you can you can withdraw your your sponsorship from a piece of legislation right up to the time before the vote. However, your name is still going to be on all those documents and printed documents and everything. So you can't you can't erase it off of that. And it's so I've always been pretty, and I learned the hard way, Bill. I I learned the hard way. I didn't, you know, um, but I learned quick. You know, my first year in the Senate, I learned a lot. And because I listened to people that had been there that were my mentors, and I took their advice. But I made a couple mistakes. And, I, and I, I'll be honest with you, the, the first mistake I made was uh, driver cars, okay, for, for non-resident people. Did you sign and on to that at first? I, I did because of the farming community that was having so much trouble with their labor forces and they were driving anyway. So Senator Thompson and I came up with a, a driver's card. It's like a forklift license. It could not be used for an ID. You could not buy booze with right. it. You could not do anything with it except drive a car and get insurance. That's what it was intended for. Well, by time that whole, whole thing went through the process, it became an ID and there was nothing I could do to stop it at that point. See, wow. people can put people can put amendments in all the time, and and so that's what happened to that. So you got to be careful because these things can be amended right up to the last minute, and all of a sudden you're stuck on a bill that you don't like. So, bottom line, when a Democrat comes to you uh, to a Republican, then hoping to get your co-sponsorship of a bill, it should be a polite refusal for the most part, right? 
Yeah, I I started I started waiting until, you know, there'd be legislation that I thought, you know, that's not bad. But I would kind of hold back, um, you know, the terminology is keep your powder dry mm -hmm. until it kind of went through the committee process a little bit. Um, and and on the Senate side. So if it was a Senate bill and even then I'd be reluctant to put my name on it because then you got to send it over to the House. And so now the House can amend it. You don't have any input over there. So you got to be careful. So Boy, the sausage can really have a different flavor by the time it goes through all those uh, chefs, right? That kind right. Of thing. And so I've actually signed on to bills on the Senate floor just moments before it was a vote. I just walk up. You can just walk up to the, to the dais up there and tell the uh, Secretary of the Senate, I wish to yeah. be a sponsor of this bill. So I kind of waited until it was, till it was baked, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate knowing that because I didn't really understand not having been a state rep or a state senator. Uh, the process is sometimes a mystery to me, and I imagine it's a, mi a mystery to many listeners too when they uh, when they hear about this kind of stuff. That's why I asked the question. Something else I've wanted to ask you, and I don't know if there's an answer for this or not. Why is there the ability to gut and stuff a bill? Where does that come from? Is that constitutionally or is it done through rules? Because this whole concept that you can come up with a good bill and you submit this bill to do a good thing, and because it has a relating clause to gun, to firearms, let's say, and, and then the supermajority Democrats just take that, throw out everything good you have in it, and essentially uh, implant a foreign substance into your good bill. How can they do that? What? Where is, did that okay, come from? So, so a bill always has a relating clause. What does the bill relate to? Let's do something simple. Let's say I drop a bill that um, that loosens up some land use uh, restrictions on on building on property. Okay? okay. All right. So then, the relating clause would be re relating to land use. So now I have this really good bill that, that lets you develop your property, and it goes through the process, and then at the last minute, uh, somebody puts in a gut and stuff, which is just a super amendment in there, doing the opposite, making it more restricted, because it's still related to land use. So the relating clause is relating to land use. So this is the opposite of what I want to do, but it's still relating to land use. So it goes to that relating clause. That's how it's done. When your bill, or if your bill gets gutted and stuffed, then can you then stop it and just say, "Hey, withdraw the bill"? No, no, you no, can't. No. Okay, could you say, "Hey, you you hijacked my bill, and now people are going to think uh, that I was this moron for coming up with this bill"? Yeah, the only only way to stop a, a bill in midstream is to have is is be on good terms with your. Um, whoever's the chair of the committee with the bill has been assigned. Oh, so you, and I've done, I've done that. You know, I go in there and I had a great relationship with Mark Hass on the, on the finance. And I'd say, Hey, Hey, I, I this, this ain't going to work. So just don't assign any hearing. And then as you go through the session process, there's deadlines that bills have to be heard. And then if they don't meet that deadline, then they're dead. So you just tell your chair, sit on this thing, don't give it any hearings. The deadline comes, the bill's dead, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the only way to kill it. All right. Hey, thanks for explaining some of that, because the gutting and stuffing process I never quite grasped. And I've always wanted to ask someone about that.
and it just it just didn't seem right. It's like you you put in a bill about A, and by the time you're done, it uh, is an anti-A. You know, once the uh, the opposition party is uh, is done with it, it just seems like a really screwy way to run a railroad. To well, me. The re- we've used it in, as Republicans, so oh? we have a a horrible say. We have a horrible gun bill that's going to be heard on the floor today. So we will file amendment that just totally guts and stuffs that bill. And then on the floor, you can make a motion to amend the bill on the floor. Of course, you got to get the vote. You never get the vote. Right. So you stand up and you you say, uh, I move that um, we move amendment such and such number into this bill. And you know, the Democrats are never going to. It's just a political maneuver. But you can amend a bill right up to the moment it's and gut and stuff it right up to the moment it's going to be voted on. Okay. Oh. Well, I understand a little bit more. Hopefully people listening understand a little bit more about this process, too, as we go into the legislative session next week. And uh, I don't know. Um, do you think there's going to be honestly anything done? This is I'm asking for a speculation because this is going to be important, a matter of county concern for Josephine, Jackson County, all, all the entire state. You think there's going to be any real decent reform of Measure One Ten? It needs to be just eliminated. No, we've been told no, that there's no. I don't, and you I, don't. And I will tell you why. Because uh, if you look at all of these little uh, nonprofits uh, that are are helping, uh, you know, you call it what do you call it, the stabbing wagon or whatever, um, and all these nonprofits, these very liberal nonprofits across the state that is supposed to be helping mm-hmm. the they because of 110 the democrats can take taxpayers money and dole it out to all these liberal nonprofits okay and yeah. if you amend 110 that won't be able to happen and so you got to keep you know, the you got to keep the grift going they're going to keep yeah. the grift going for their friends so that the uh, the nonprofit I always call them the nonprofit rackets and when it comes to the measure 110 nonprofit rackets I can't help but uh, term them rackets because that's that's it. Uh the Well, it, it's a it's a way it's a way that the controlling party in Oregon can dole out taxpayer money to their friends. And once again, Republicans when you see these ballot measures most of the ballot measures that are out there spun up by uh, frankly the leftists in there oh well yeah we'll decriminalize but they'll get drug treatment and I was telling people don't vote for this don't vote for this don't vote for this please don't vote for this this is it is not what they say and uh, they, and frankly the voters keep getting played on this kind of stuff and it's oh, and listen that that new charter amendment that is being proposed here in Josephine County. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is not a Democrat. This is, you know, Larry West gets up there. Oh, this is from all sides. B.S. Look who is the, look who's the treasurer for the, uh, uh, for the account. It's the former chair of the Democrat Party. Go to the Democrat Party's website, Houston County Democrat. This website. is their number, one, the priority. number one priority. It's their number one priority. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, the, Larry West can get up there and say, "Oh well, this is this is not this is not the Democrats." <laughs> Good God! Yeah, so come on, come on, Republicans and people of Wait, common God. sense, don't don't get fooled again. All right, They're, you know they better be paying attention. Yep. 17-116 is not a uh, amendment to the to the charter it is a 
It is a gutting. It is a repeal and replacement of the charter. And that Look means the good things. Look how many of your constitutional... So in our charter right now, Bill, there's so many... Um, there's so many places that that shores up your constitutional rights, referring to your constitutional rights, your parental rights, your property rights, um, the taxation. It, it just shores it up. It says, yes, we will support the Second Amendment. Yes, we'll support parental rights. Yes, we'll support uh, your medical decisions. So many, and it's all gone. They ripped it all out. They just ripped it out. Yeah, that's that's what they want. So don't fool yourselves on this. Tell your friends about it, too. 17-116 is an abomination.